and just give us a good slap. All right, girls, come to work. Hey. Judy what up, though? Hey, hey. Hey. Go grab your old. Look what y'all got ready for me right here. <laughs> hey, come on. Cheers, it. Cheers. cheers. This is my hometown, yes, creek sir. water, y'all. Yes, sir. It's like what, drinking water for you? This is it. I don't know about that. I, yeah, I, I don't practice that much. Gosh, a little bit of shirt, don't you? Huh? It's a little bit of shirt. Man, I did a bunch of push-ups this morning trying to get pumped up for this. <laughs> here I am. Hey, this man. This, this I man, grew into it this morning. So is this a shot or is this a sipper? That looks like, I think it's a sipper. Yeah. Single barrel Jack Daniels is a sipper. I ain't shooting right, that. I'm enjoying it the whole time. Ain't gonna waste it up. Mm -hmm. All I know is the last time we saw you, it's like you had maybe ten of these. I did, man. With Dana, with Dana White, that was a big night. <laughs> that was big a good night. night. That was a good. You were feisty, motherfucker. See why you were doing push hey, what, you I got some up. Irish blood in me. Yeah, I, I can do. hang. I, that's I would say probably one of my uh, one of my biggest. Um, I don't want to call it a demon, but one of my biggest challenges is I don't have an off switch once I start going. Oh, wow. Yeah. I get that one or two in me, and then it's just, we're going to have a night. Oh, we hey, so. We're going to have I, a I'm not, not, I'm not, I will never point at nobody. <laughs> but I know somebody else that might be a little bit like that. Yep. No, no, no. The bad thing, <laughs> I knew you were crazy when I was the one stopping you from fighting. Hey, that guy bumped <laughs> into me. You bump into a man in an alley. <laughs> you know, you got to stay in your ground. You got to hey, go. That sounded like a start of a bad joke, too. You bump, <laughs> you bump into a country music star in the alley. You never think it's going to end, and Channing Crowder saves you from getting beat up. You know? <laughs> like, that's not how that story normally ends. We, we were there, and I didn't even, I didn't, I haven't read the room. I didn't know what was going on. I just knew you had an entourage around you. Yeah. And it was just a, but in my mind, it was just a bunch of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're walking to the club, from one club to the other one, and then we stopped, and this fight's about to start. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, they're not fighting anybody. Get over here. Both of y'all go to your separate ways. And then people came to me like, oh, thank you, Channing, so much, man. You stopped us. And I'm like, what happened? And then I see and look, and I'm like, oh, shit. I just stopped this fight from this famous dude. I'm glad you did. <laughs> I'm glad you did. It's you, good to, I, you got to know who's around you, right? Yeah, yeah. I knew you were in my corner. Oh, you know I got you, yeah. If, he was, <laughs> if, 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 if there was more people in their entourage than ours, you know I had you. Buddy. Oh, for sure. But, yeah, no, you, you were wide open, though. I enjoy it. I stay wide open. <laughs> so how, how was that going to work if you would have actually become Dr. Dustin Lynch? Because that's what you wanted to do before you picked up the, the, I, the guitar. I did. Well, I was playing guitar, but, but to, to uh, I kind of fell into wanting to be a doctor. I grew up um, not far from here, 10 miles down the road, and playing golf. So I was around, around the country club a lot. And, and I think, you know, when you're growing up, you're going, well, what do I want to be? And one of the doctors in town had the nicest car in the parking lot at the country club, you know? So I'm, I'm going and playing golf, and I'm like, guess I want to be a doctor. Right. I think he's pretty cool. And I fell in love with, I was just good at biology. So when I went to college, um, I was good at biology. I was good at chemistry. It just kind of came to me easy. And uh, then I started falling in love with how the human body works. It's an amazing machine. Uh, and so I was like, well, let's try this pre-med thing. I was typical undecided freshman and then sophomore year, I was like, let's try this pre-med thing because I'm having fun learning about it. But once you tip that scale, man, once you, once you decide on that, uh, you're in deep and it's tough to turn, turn around, you know? So, um, I was enjoying it, but, but man, studying, um, on top of being an athlete in college is, is a challenge. Hold up. Limitless. They got some guy pinning it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up. Knowing me, I got the key. On the vision, I can trust. 
Trust me, limitless. Think it's still me capping in it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, got me up. On the mission, got me up. Knowing me, I got the key. Well, I think with you not becoming Dr. Dustin Lynch, you've given the entire world, especially the country music world, an opportunity to have another star. So I'm sure they're happy that it didn't necessarily work out. But I mean, bro, what, eight number ones, four top five albums, 10 gold and platinum certified singles. And so you just keep pumping it out since 2012. But yeah. man, welcome to The Pivot. This is this is a cool pivot for us. We're here at the Jack Daniels Distillery uh, in Lynchburg, uh, Tullahoma. Got to be like right down the street because yes. it's one arrow that points you here and the other arrow should <laughs> just say, that's where Dustin Lynch is from. Although, if you look for famous people from your city, you're like number five on the list. Oh, I know. Yeah, you we know what I mean? some ballers. That yeah, you're like number five on the list, man. I thought I you know. were going to be number one, <laughs> <laughs> but you're not. Man, like when you look at how you've gotten to this point, right? And I was listening to you talk about, well, I was trying to decide what I want to be. You know, like when I'm young and Chan's young and Fred's young, at that time, we probably know we want to play football yeah. for a career. But when your teacher asks that question, you don't get to say that, sure. right? So it, it would be hard to be like, you know what? I'm gonna be a country music star, right? And they'll laugh at you. But now that bad. you've gotten to this point, being from that small spot down the street, man, how has that progression and journey been for you? I, you know, there was something always in the back of my mind as a kid, just listening to the radio and, and seeing, um, you know, artists that, that they felt like superheroes to me. I mean, they were, you know, like George Strait was the equivalent of Batman to me growing up. He was just this kind of otherworldly thing. But um, I think just doing life and, and, and feeling music um, at a certain point you go, I wonder if I could do that. And I, I was singing in church. That's where I got started. And then it went into, uh, into, you know, middle school years and started taking a solo and feeling those butterflies and that pressure, but then connecting on stage, you know, and, and, and pulling it off. And, uh, that gets addicting, right? Started a band with, with my buddies and, uh, and, I'm still addicted to it. I mean, I cannot wait. I'm, I'm so honored to be here tonight. We fly out, get back on tour later this evening. It's an addiction that I have of being on stage and, and I think entertaining, but connecting with people. Because um, we have such a responsibility now. Um, you know, I think as an artist, I want to show up on stage every night and not let anybody down. You know, I want to be on stage and I want people to walk away going, man, that was an awesome night. I made an awesome memory with whoever. Maybe they met there, maybe they came with them. And so that, I think that's what keeps us grinding and, and the journey so much fun is every crowd's different. Music's really cool. It was a lot more fun than golf because uh, I think any sport, because every time we tee it up, we win. Um, at least most times. I, I, I think very suddenly we tee it up and, and lose. Um, so that, that's what's fun. It's kind of a guaranteed win um, playing shows. And, and my responsibility now is just not to let my fans down. Is that still your biggest fear? I read somewhere you said failure and, yeah. and, and not wanting to let the fans down or the people down was your biggest fear. It is my biggest fear. But, but too, I'm, I'm, I'm such an exciting spot in my career because early on, you know, there's not an artist on earth that knows what they're doing. You know, it's not, it's because you hadn't done it and you've seen other people do it. But how do you get on stage and, and entertain a crowd? How do, you, how do you create a song out of thin air? 
that goes on to affect someone's life that so much that they want, when they want to come see it in person. Uh, it's a magical thing. So yeah, letting letting people down is is still probably the biggest fear. But you know, ten years into touring like this, I'm comfortable. And early on, I was not comfortable at all. You know, being on stage, how do you move? I think some acts have some choreography and you know spots to be in. We're just up there playing our songs and 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 trying to portray an emotion to get people to to vibe with us. So um, I, I would say that that this point in my career, it's it's a lot more fun on stage because I'm confident. I know what I'm doing. Um, I know we're going to knock it out of the park, and so that, that I'm having a lot more fun than on the, the early years I was having. In college, I failed music listening. Don't y'all laugh? All you got to do is listen to the music. You failed a class called music listening. <laughs> hey, wait, that brings me to a point. I know this is probably, this is probably going to be like a very important question. It, it brings is. me to a point. One, clearly Florida is not putting out any geniuses. That's first and foremost, because oh, wow. if music listening is a class and it's a class <laughs> that's failable and you also fail it, because I wasn't really one of the top schools in Dustin, the nation. I know you have an affinity for Florida. <laughs> right? oh, I know that. And because you do, as your friend. Oh man, right? come on. I want to share something with you, with you all, right? Dustin, you know, he got pitcher, he doing the gator chop. That's because that's down, my man right he there. down on the sideline. Hey, well, guess what? You can't let him get us down. In Louisiana, we eat gators all kind of ways. Oh, y'all, we do. We get y'all for the appetizers. We got y'all on entrees. We sauté it, man. You know but Loso Daddy had one of y'all on the grill before the game. Get so Dustin, from me to you, right? Because we had a gift for you in the chair. There. This is the most important gift you Thank will receive. You. Thank you this so entire much. time. I want you to bring it on tour with you. And on tour? On, bring it on tour. All right, so, I'll pack it tonight. You know, and I know you said every night. You get the opportunity to do your job. You feel like a winner. Bro, you wear that. Oh, my God. Is not my new pregame oh, hat? Oh, my God. The winning. <laughs> my band will stop believing me as a leader if I put this on, on the bus. That's what I'm saying. Because they watch me cheer for the Gators so much. They'll think of you as a champion. <laughs> this is synonymous with what we do, guys. I'm sorry. We, you we, guys, just, we, you, just, you just, watched we just watched them. They got a charcoal mellow. The Jack Daniels, we can throw that right on top of oh, the pile. Oh, yeah, when absolutely. They, when they burn it down the coals. We got a hot fire back there. Well, hey, yes, that's all we can do with that. Well, you and throw, you, throw and you want to hurt our feelings about the Gators being eaten and all? Because we make everything better. And you do. Any situation <laughs> we're in, we make it better. Y'all made this show better, but clearly you didn't make the baseball team better because LSU <laughs> oh. is the 2023 national well, champion. I'll give you that congrats. <laughs> so so back, to, back to me failing, music listening, because that was I was so focused on football and winning national championships yes. and beating LSU 51 to 10 and Come you know, all that good shit. <laughs> yes, yes, God, yes. But it's not about that. <laughs> no, I was just going to uh, ask you, man. Uh, I read you, you, you failed. Well, you didn't fail. You got a C in music. Yeah. And that pretty much sort of turned everything. It did. Believe it or not, it was, it was a devastating blow because I wanted to get into, it was called show choir back then. The, the next two years of high school, you had to, I think, get an A or something in, in whatever the class was. It was music something. And... Uh, and I got a C, so I wasn't allowed, even allowed to try out for the, the next two years of high school. I was booted, which, which honestly, I think lit a fire under me. I'm like, all right, I'm going to have my own shows down the street. And me and a couple of buddies started a band, and that's where it really started. Like, I fell in love. My mom had this old tape deck you could record, and I fell in love with playing a song and then going out in the driveway and putting it in her car, the cassette in her car, and playing that and hearing it back. And, and that's, that's the correlation with, with failure again. Yeah. And what does that do like for your mindset overall? Without that, do we have the country superstar? 
I don't think so. I mean, yeah, I don't think so because you know I would have had an outlet for music built into to school outside of having to do it on my own. Um, maybe we would, but um, you know, songwriting is still a brutal challenge every day. There's no concrete, hey, I did this at the end of the day because you have a song and and even the best songwriters in Nashville. You know, we do a lot of collaborating, and the best songwriters in Nashville will write over a hundred songs a year and have three that maybe people hear. So you're talking about 97 at least days of it didn't matter. And, and you know, 97 days of it didn't exist, I made it and it doesn't matter. So I think I figured out as an artist who I am and what my fans want from me and, and what they want to hear from me. So I think the bullseye's got a little bit easier to track down, but it's still, um, you know, getting a song to a level that is, uh, I mean, has to be one of the best on on the airwaves if, if it's going to get played um, is, is a tough thing to do. And that that didn't hit me until my first single came out and I saw my name. My song was next to Kenny Chesney on the chart. And I go, it hit me. Oh, wait, the dude that I've been looking up to my whole life is now my competition on the field. But music's an incredible thing. There's no animosity, you know, um, between artists. It's It's a very... It's a collaborative space, but it, but it is tough. I mean, if you want a song to go up the charts, it's got to beat everybody else's, and uh, it, it's, it's a fun game. Before the show, we were talking, and it seems like it was so easy. Like, as you talk, yeah, I got a golf scholarship. Oh, yeah, and then I was going to be a doctor. But then, <laughs> I become, then I'm become an international superstar. Like, it, it was, is it that easy? Like, are you just super talented? Because oh. it seems like your life is a storybook. It mm. seems like it's a movie. I would say I can blame it all on the game of golf, you know? Um, because it's it's me versus me out there, right? There's no you can't blame anybody. You're picking the you're picking the club. You're hitting the shot. At the end of the day, it's it's your score. And uh, and early on, I think that really just taught me what what hard work is. You know, I, I mean, at one point, I'm going, man, I'm go, I'm going to be a pro golfer. You know, Tiger Woods is coming out just crushing everybody, and it's like I want to be that guy. And uh, I would wake up before school, and, and we had a, a net. Uh, out back of the house in a, in a barn and um, I would, you know, at 6 a.m. sunrise before school, I'm out there hitting golf balls into the net, you know, then go to school, then go um, to the golf course afterwards and play till dark and, and just grinding it out. And I think it's just that taught me a lot of time management, but also what, what hard work pays off. You know, it's kind of like you put your time in and good things happen. Um, you hit better shots, you, you win tournaments and um, you know, it was a blessing. I got a golf scholarship where I did. I got a scholarship in Nashville, Tennessee at Lipscomb University, um, which was, uh, you know, I was trying to get to Nashville at the time because I knew I needed to be there to learn how to write better songs and entertain and, and get down there um, in those alleys at the honky tonks, you know, and, uh, and start cut, cutting my teeth and, and how to entertain. And, and um, during my college golf career, I, I realized I don't have a chance against these boys um, because several of the guys I was playing with are on tour right now and, and winning. Um, and they were just eating my lunch out there. So I, I, I realized, hey, I, I just need to be good enough to keep my scholarship to help my team out. But then the focus went to music pretty hardcore of how can I get um, in these bars? How can I get, you know, Lipscomb University is a church of Christ school, so there's no partying at all. Um, you got to check out when you leave, if you're not coming back to the dorm and, and or at least back then, I think it's got a little bit looser. So we would go down the street to Vanderbilt University and they had a frat row and 
um, I had a buddy from my hometown that was at the ATO house and he would invite us over for, for parties and there's cover bands in there and they're younger guys playing these shows and I'm going, what are y'all paying these dudes to play these frat parties? Like, give me some of that. And that's just, <laughs> right. so I went home and just started woodshedding, like trying to learn as many songs as I could. I would go to these parties and write in my phone all the songs that were working and, and kind of started building my catalog of cover songs that I saw work at these parties. Um, and I started learning those. And then I, one door led to another one. You know, I started getting some little bar gigs in Nashville at the college bars. And then uh, UT Knoxville came to play Vanderbilt uh, one fall football game. And uh, after the game, some of the Knoxville students came by and they saw us play a show. And they, uh, they stopped us after we had a set break or something. And they said, hey, we got a crawfish bowl in a couple of weeks and we need a band to play it. Will you play? And that was the break I needed, man. That, that was the, just to, and then I go, well, how, how am I going to get to Knoxville? I don't think I have a car that can get me to Knoxville, much less pull a trailer full of speakers. And so I had to run down how to rent speakers. And we went up there and played this, this crawfish bowl. And that show turned into two more shows in two weeks in Knoxville. They, they just loved what we were doing. And I think it was just from doing it so much um, in Nashville, just having a, and, and seeing it so much and taking those notes through the years on what was working. Um, we just had an, a killer set that, that just blew up up there. And, and so Knoxville, that, that was kind of home base, that first base outside of Nashville where it started growing for me. You speak about writing a lot. Uh, if you read things about you, you talk about the process mm. of writing. And country music seems to be one of those genres where you're giving people yourself, yeah. right? There's so much in that music that people relate to because it's from real life stories. And in your debut album, it's like very simply named Dustin Lynch. So it's basically saying, okay, world, this is me. And now you're putting yourself out there for everyone to either accept you and like you or reject you because mm. they don't accept your music. And it seemed that there was a very interesting story behind writing Cowboys and Angels. And you've also continued to show that that was about your grandparents. Every yeah. time you get an opportunity, whether it's their anniversary or whatever it is, you let the world know this is where the song comes from. It's that sort of love story or their love story mm. that I'm telling. But you said like, you're talking to Tim Nichols and he comes out and he has it on a piece of paper, Cowboys and Angels. Yeah. He has had the same name written down. What sort of like serendipitous moment was that? And how great was it for people to accept that song and kind of start to love on you because of it? It, it seems like the big moments and pun intended, I guess, the pivotal moments of, of my career, like the big, the big shining moments. Um, I can remember like it was yesterday. I mean, I remember what, where I was in the gym whenever I got the idea of Cowboys and Angels and wrote it down in my phone. This was 2008 or nine, you know? And uh, Tim was a, a, a writer that I fell in love with just watching, you know, in, in Nashville, there's, um, there's songwriter shows pretty much every day of the week. So these songwriters that are behind a lot of the music that aren't the artists on stage or, or around Nashville telling their stories on, on what inspired a song. And Tim was an incredible storyteller outside of all the big hits he had written. So I liked kind of following him around at these little songwriter hangs. And then I finally landed a, a, a day on the books um, to write with Tim. So I'm freaking out. Like I'm coming in prepared, done my homework. I've got, I've narrowed it down to like four or five ideas that hopefully he'll like. Man, I got in there and I just, I looked at all my lists. I was like, these all stink. Like, I, I'm like, I don't know what to do. I'm panicking. Um, and we just kind of beat around and, and wasn't really getting anywhere. And, um, he took a phone call and I was like, this is it. Like he's over me. I'm just, I don't have no, anything going on at this point. He came back in and he goes, man, you wear a cowboy hat, right? I said, yes, sir. 
So I got this idea way back in my book, and he had a leather-bound book, and, and he had Cowboys and Angels written down, and it was unbelievable. I'm like, that was one of the, the four or five ideas I wanted to write with you today. We had, you know, we'd never talked about it. I mean, just, just incredible circumstance. So right then we go, okay, we got to write this song. And, uh, and I'm glad you mentioned Grandmom and Granddad. They're two of the biggest Gator fans. So you'll love the song even more now. <laughs> Cheers to that. So that's, that song was like, okay, well, who's the cowboy and angel? And, and my grandparents have an incredible love story. They've been married since they were 17. Um, just, just celebrated their 68th wedding anniversary. And, uh, and they're just yesterday, uh, granddad sends me a picture. They're out, they're out down in Florida right now, catching fish and, and just living life to its fullest, you know? And I think if, I, if I've learned anything from them, it's, it's about make the most out of every day of this journey. You know, you never know where it's going to end up. It's taken them all over the, all over the country and they're now in Florida, but, um, just two incredible, you know, souls on earth that, that I'm still so blessed to have in my life. You talk about your granddad. You said it was good to have a counselor in the house when he consoled you over a breakup. Yeah. What type of woman would give a guy an ultimatum, it's music or me? What I think a bunch doing? of them. <laughs> you know, particular girl you're talking about was with me at the end of, of college thinking I'm going to go to med school and be a doctor, right? That's a very safe path of life. Um, I think that's a career path that we're going to need for forever, right? And then to throw um, some certainty away for, she knew what was coming. I mean, she was watching me play these shows and, and to throw it away for nothing, for, you know, tips in a jar on lower Broadway. I mean, making no money, trying to figure out how to make rent. I was cutting grass during the day. Uh, I wouldn't take those days back for anything, but I think that's what it was. So I, to answer your question, I think a bunch, you know. That, the real question was your, your grandfather, the cowboy. Yeah. In that moment, like what, how did he, you know, help you get through? The well, you know, he, it's, it's awesome to have him, um, you know, there as, as a rock for me because for, Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. He, he moved up to Tennessee um, because he got a, a, a job, a, a preaching job. And that, that kind of morphed into family counseling and, and just counseling in general. Um, but being in Nashville, he's counseled a bunch of big artists, songwriters, musicians. So he has seen what my industry can do or does, you know, just to, to mental health. Can be a challenge, you know. There's ups and there's downs. It's very uncertain. That's why I love it. You know, it's, it, I mean, we're not guaranteed another. <laughs> He's like, yeah, it sucks, yeah. but I love it. No, well, it's that's just, why. Excitement <laughs> is lit up. <laughs> it's, it's the challenge of can we do it again? You know, can we can we make a song that's going to beat everybody else's this year and put it on put it out on radio or people going to want to hear it and come out to our shows? And so, but that's that's a tough up and down, and it's it's a career. I think just like with sports, there's a window where you get to play the game, and then. That, that door closes, you know, and you got to figure out what the next chapter is. So I think having, to answer your question, having him in my corner is, is just great because he has so much experience of all, all kinds of folks who have handled it in different ways. And I think he knows how to navigate those waters. And it's, so it's great to have him there. The lady that wanted the doctor, she, she fucked up. <laughs> She's looking back now like, God damn it, I shouldn't have gave the ultimatum. Is it wild to be a 
country music superstar like you are with the ladies, with the tours, with the buses. Like, you hear about the athlete side. We know the athlete side of it. Yeah. But from your side, we're on a team. We're playing a sport that's been played and going to be played moving forward. There's mm. 32 teams. They're not stopping. You're the front man. You're everything. Your face walks in. I've mm. watched it. I've watched you walk in and bad ones be like, oh, tapping <laughs> each other and shit. Is it, is it nuts? It's fun, yeah. It's a lot of fun. But I will say, you know, the, the, the one saving grace for me, I always say, if I was a bass player, I'd be screwed, man, because it's, I have to watch how much I, I'm out there because of my voice. I'll lose my voice very quickly if I hang with you too much. Um, I was going to say, I'm ready. This thing's starting to burn my leg. Um, so, so that's, you know, that's kind of my uh, regulating. I, I don't want to disappoint Anybody this weekend by, you know, being out partying too much and, and not being able to be at, at my best, you know, and, and I want to put on the best show I can. So I try to stay in the best shape I can I can stay in and travel as much as we do. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, the world's wide open, you know, and, and I think that's I'm looking forward to the to the next chapter of, um, you know, who I'm going to do life with. I think that's an exciting place to be, but I'm not rushing it. I'm not going to force it. Um, I love, I'm, I've, I've told my family this, like I love the freedom of not having to answer to anybody and being able to say yes to, you know, traveling and um, just going, doing, doing what I love to do. And, um, and so that's kind of the, the spot I am in, in life right now. You talk, your mom's actually, she came with you. Yeah. You talk about your grandparents so glowing. Like you're a family guy. And like I said, then you're a superstar. Was there any transition there? Like where, was there any any conversations that had to be had? About well, like I, I think the funny thing, like being back in my hometown, um, after having some some early success with Cowboys and Angels, and and that song put us on the map, but it got us all over TV and you know and radio, and you get to do all these fun things. And of course, your hometown thinks you're worth two billion dollars now. Yeah. You know, <laughs> little did the world know I was living on my mom and dad's in my mom and dad's guest room. I didn't even have a house in Nashville because I was broke. I was making more money um, playing frat parties and wedding receptions before I had a record deal than I did with three songs on the radio. Wow. To any young aspiring artists or writers, be smart about, um, you know, whenever things start happening, be smart about what really is happening and, and, and be patient um, with how you spend money, I would say, to, to anybody watching that, that could possibly be in, in, in that position at some point. It, the transition to, because I would oh, say yeah, myself, like, you know, okay, I'm in college, you're still, my mom's still sending me money, you know, weekly yeah. to buy food. Then I get to the NFL, and I had to sit Pauline down, like, <laughs> I'm a grown-ass millionaire now. Like, don't, 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 you know, don't, 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 you can't speak to me like that. Yeah. Was there anything like that? Because you love your family, you love your, you know, your I do love it. Mother. You know, I, I think the, they don't, I don't think they look at me any different. But I love the fa I love bringing um, their friend circles into life if we can. You know, like my my cousins, um, we have so much fun right now. They're finally old enough to hang out and and, and be out and have fun. They're out of college, um, so they're able to be around. And and I love bringing then their friend circles to be a part of the creative process. On hey, we've we've recorded X amount of songs. Like, what are we going to put on the album? Or what songs are y'all digging? Like right now, I'm in, I've just finished an album that's coming out later this summer. And so I've got them out on the boat, playing them new songs, um, and going, "What do, what do y'all think we should put out next?" You know. And so that the inclusion of 
of their friend circles is a lot of fun for me right now. But as far as my family looking at me any different, no. <laughs> they don't give me an inch, man. No, it's Listen, your, your, your gifts better be a little bigger when Christmas comes around. <laughs> oh, I love spoiling. Oh, okay. <laughs> I love spoiling. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. You know, Fred mentioned earlier you got the ultimatum from, from a woman. But also, you grew up in a family, your dad is the golf pro at the country club. You, yeah. Like you said, you're up every morning and you're practicing and you, when you decide to major in what you did, you make a declaration that being a doctor is my future job or that's mm. the career I want. Like your parents so into that, right? Yeah. Your parents make sacrifices to get you to that place. Did you ever have to have a conversation with them or what was the conversation like, you know, like, I'm gonna go a different direction. I love music. This is what I want to do in my life. And even though you've made all these sacrifices for me, while I'm doing music and I got these songs on the radio, I got to stay at your guest house. Yeah. You know, like, what are those conversations like when you truly make that decision to pour into your passion? It was tough, you know, because the inner battle with me, too, is I'm about to throw away four years of not hanging out with my friends on the weekend because I'm in the library studying, trying to pass a test. Um, there was a lot of time on, on my side of, of things that I, I was saying no to. Why did I study? Why did I literally not sleep for, you know, four years of my life trying to study and make A's so I could get into med school? So that, that was an inner battle. But, but then, um, th you know, there's a couple, couple of moments that happened. It was, it was what makes me happy, the happiest. And, and I answered this question. Um, I forget what, what the jackpot was. There was some Powerball that was huge. Mm -hmm. And I went down to this corner gas station not far from where I was living and got a ticket. I was like, all right, if we win tomorrow, what are we doing? And I, I said, I think I'm just going to go back down to Broadway and play my bar show for tips in a jar. And whenever that was the answer, it wasn't go to, go to med school. Whenever that was the answer, it was like, oh, I should, I should maybe look at this a little bit stronger. And, and mentioning your mom sending you money, my parents were the same way. They helped me all the way through college, you know, with, with rent and, and food and everything. And so for, you know, obviously that, that conversation's going on of, man, all of this for what, you know, and, and I don't think any parent wants to hear their kid go, hey, I'm going to give up um, a, a pretty, you know, stable and certain life, life ahead for going to these honky tonks and playing for people partying yeah. um, for potentially no money. I mean, back in the day, we got $35 to play four hours on lower Broadway, no breaks, four hour set, 35 bucks. That's a tough. His face. It's a tough. That's a tough deal. You might as well beg for money under the bridge. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It was. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade it for the world, man. Like, because some nights you've got you've got a, a, a couple groups full of people in there, and some nights it's just you and the bartender, and you got to figure out how to play four hours of music to nobody. So when we get out there now, this day and age, man, and we've got fans singing our songs, it's the best thing ever. I, I know exactly how to do all of that. I just want to let you know too, man. If you need me to check on the girl that you made out with in Baton Rouge, like if, you need, if you need me to, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. If you need me just to, because you, you brought that, that back If around. you need me to make sure I get, listen, I got, I live there still, bro. You know, I'm sure if she's on a level to date you, she's dated some teammate I played with back in the day. Oh, for you sure. You know, so I'll just, what type of I'm life I'm glad she's you living. brought that background. <laughs> Two things to that. So how that line came to be in this song, right? Uh, my high school sweetheart moved off. She went to college and then started, she went to college in Knoxville and then got a teaching job down in Baton Rouge. So that's, that's where that line came from. A little offshoot of that. I was hoping that we would beat you guys in the World Series so bad because this scar right here on my lip 
is from a, a blindside cheap shot in a bar in Baton Rouge from a baseball player. Uh, <laughs> he was still on you in Tigerland. No, he, he said <laughs> to, cheap shot. To go, I got blindsided. I got blindsided. So I'm, I'm sitting there watching. I'm sitting there watching LSU baseball. Like I want these guys to lose so bad because I, whoever that dude was, I hate him still. Hey, game, 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 two, him, game two was sweet though. Hey, game two was awesome. I called game two by the way. I'll show you the text thread. And you should I was like the bats him. are about to get hot. You should hate him, but the line is dope in the song, and the song is great. Yeah. So you at least gotta give us that. <laughs> but that's you know? that's literally why I thought about Baton Rouge. Um, I thought about her name's Jen. And, and then I was like, you know what? I got to put Baton Rouge in a song because I literally wear a, a scar on my face from a night out in Baton Rouge. What, Dustin, what? you fight a lot. I don't bro. fight at all. What is going on? I, I was trying to break one up. You got a, you got a little something in you yeah. now. You <laughs> 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 have Irish. Yeah, hey, hey. Like, people don't just get punched for nothing. Like, you did something, Dustin. You're oh, really I jumped good. in the pile. I, like I jumped in the pile. Though. Yeah, they were they were ganged up on one of my guys, so I jumped in. But but as I got as you sit here today though, as a worldwide superstar, your ass can't jump in the pile no more. No, right? I'm not jumping in any more piles. No, but no, no. can you not? Because it was just recent that I had to grab your ass. <laughs> There's something called posturing. <laughs> I knew who was behind me. <laughs> but I, I gotta ask because you were talking about the girl in the Baton Rouge and it's the storyline. I'm the crazy. I'm the crazy when I like these stories. Like, what's yeah. the wildest thing? I've seen girls flash you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I've seen that stuff. Please don't date them. The ones that flash you. No, 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 no. Find them at find your lady at church. But I want to hear about the non-church <laughs> girls. I want to hear non-church some non-church girls? girls stories. Like the wildest thing that you seen and deal with as a superstar, as the guy that you said you know how to entertain. You know what you're doing. Yeah. You're a good-looking guy. You know what I'm saying? Beautiful blue eyes. I'm looking at you right now. Wearing little shirts. Amazing tight-ass <laughs> shirt. You got to. Got your nipples out right now. <laughs> but no, like, it, it, it has to be some Drink whiskey, wild. they get hard, man. <laughs> Jack Daniels got pasties. It, it, it got to be some wild stuff that you've seen. There is, yeah. I mean, I, I think um, what I love, since mom's here, I'm going to pivot a little bit from that question. Um, mom knows it's what goes never on. never happened, mom. How do you think mom made you? <laughs> Sorry, <Earmuffs>. mom. <laughs> love you to death. Earmuffs. <laughs> I would love to tell the story, but I'm not telling it with her here. <laughs> um, no, I, you know, I think just the, uh, what I did not expect is how alike um, a, lot of, a lot of people that, I, I guess, in the inter- entertainment industry as, as, as musicians, but also athletes are. Um, and, and just the doors that open and the people that I get to be around sitting here with you guys is just unbelievable. So to answer your question, what's the wildest thing? I think, I think getting to do, getting to hang with people I never thought I would get to hang with, you know, and do life with. The wildest night, I'll leave it at this. <laughs> I'm gonna say the wildest night. One of, the, one of my shining moments of a night was New Year's Eve years ago. I was kicking it with Bruno Mars for um, consistently for a bit. And he was playing a New Year's Eve show and he's in, we're in Vegas. And so um, I come in, I'm watching Soundcheck. They're trying some new, like, crazy 10-minute cover thing that's only his brain can figure out and his bandit and figure it out. He gets mad. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to ease out of here. I'm going to come back for showtime. So I came back for showtime, and it's, it's me in the dressing room, and in walks Halle Berry. And it's her and her security guard. And, and so we're forced to talk because we're waiting on the band guys to pregame and then come say hello. So we're, we're doing that and like breaking the ice and having fun. And uh, Bruno comes in, you know, hanging out and 
he's like, hey, I'm gonna got to go pick a, got to go to this, I forget what club it was, but we're going to go pick a bag up at the club after the show, you know, walk with us, be right here after the show. So show's awesome. It's me and, and Hallie and her security guard at front of house where the, where the engineers are mixing the sound. So we're having fun. And at this point, like, I, it's comfortable now. Like, we have a little rapport and, and life's good. And so we come back in. Bruno comes back in. He changes. And they walk us underground for forever in Vegas. And we pop up in this club. And so I, didn't, I thought he was going up to sing or something. He's just supposed to be going and hanging out. So we're hanging out. And I'm just like, I don't want to mess this up. This is the coolest night ever. You know, freaking Halle Berry's. I've been mean, hanging on Halle Berry. I'm like, how did I get here, right? And so they're, they're over there doing their thing. Like, the band guys are there. And I'm just trying to stay out of the way. And Bruno comes over to me. And he goes, hey, dude, you got to get over here. Halle is all about you. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. You know, I kind of shake it off. I'm like, give me a drink. You know, <laughs> like, I wouldn't even drink. And I'm like, give me a drink. <laughs> give me a drink. He comes back over. He goes, dude, if you don't get over here right now, we're not friends anymore. And uh, I, got, I was just the token hillbilly, I guess. So <laughs> the next thing I know, it's me and Bruno and his girl and Halle Berry just dancing like crazy in this booth at this club. He gets up, does a couple songs, and we'll end the story there. Um, <laughs> But that, to, to answer your question, like, ending up with people in life that you never would dream of being around right. um, is it, just awesome. And that, that's, that's one of those shining moments that I can think about with mom sitting over there. Are you, are you okay, though, Fred? Because I know how you feel about Holly Berry. As the story was being told, I could see you taking deep, deep breaths and, and you were sinking into your chair. Are you okay? I'm, I am so okay. I'm a bit jealous. But I'm okay. Man, she's amazing. Like, did you, did you get close? Like, oh, I got, absolutely. I got, like, my problem was this. Whenever Bruno Mars is asking you to come dance next to him. Yeah. Look at me. Yeah. I mean, in these things, like, I'm going, how am I going to dance next to you, dude? There's no way. But finally, I was like, when I said, give me a drink, I was like, here we go. I got, I mean, you can't turn that opportunity nope. down. Like right? you're dancing in Jordan. Dude, you I don't feel nothing. I jumped right in there. It was <laughs> you awesome. Do, you do one of them line dances, the boot scooting boogie? No, 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 no. No, I let her lead. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dustin, at that point, all you got to do is two step, man. I know. You, that's all you do. Find, you find the rhythm. And you know, two step. recently, can you guys two step? You ever tried? Yeah. That was a questionable, yeah. I, you know, I just, like you said, give me a drink, I'll figure this thing out. There we go. Okay. Yeah. Have you ever? Oh, that, that line, it I'm ready, that line dance. I brought, I brought you a little, uh, my speaking of two-step in a country my dance. man, thank you. Gosh, I wanted this so badly. Does it fit, kind of? I got a big old head, bro. Yeah, you do. Work. Oh, yeah. It's kind of on there. I'm going to hold it. Yeah, I got a big old head. It's, yeah. long, it's long this way. It looks good. It fits you, brother. Well, you know, last time I wore a hat on the show, I wore it too low, and our producer, oh, picked the hat up. That's we can't the problem see with eyes. the Cowboys. Yeah, this thing is, I ain't seen Dustin eyes all show, but you ain't say nothing to him. Yeah. <laughs> See, with the cowboy hat, I'm, I'm, always, I'm always struggling with the shave. I mean, that's always So were you, were you wearing the cowboy hat the night you were hit by the beer bottle on stage? Yes. How in the hell can they get the, the bottle under the hat? Like? He came from, we were, you know, stage you're up, so he came from, like, right underneath. Ah. Yeah, you're mentioning, you can't write a better story than this. This is, uh, <clears throat> my grandma was at that show, believe it or not. We're in Niceville, Florida. Niceville. At the Mullet Festival. <laughs> Boy. On the panhandle. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> the Mullet Festival. And so we go up on stage. We're playing a song. I just had my grandma out. Everybody loved it. She cheered. I, like, walked her out. Cheered. Walk her back. 
And for some reason, this guy just launches an unopened can of beer, I mean, fastball, and just catches me right there. And uh, at that point, I'd already been punched by the LSU baseball player, so I knew, I knew what a shot felt like. <laughs> and I was like, that was a good shot. I don't know how bad it is, but it's bad. And my face is just boom. And uh, yeah, I mean, just one of those things. We had a few songs left to play, and I was bleeding pretty good, but I'm like, I'm already cut. Like, we might as well finish the show. I'm not going to chicken out at the mullet festival with a cut on my face. <laughs> yeah, you got to be, we gotta you gotta be tough at the mullet festival. Yeah, so we finished the show and, uh, and then headed to the hospital, got stitched up. But, but um, another, yeah, just another amazing is, moment on stage. Is there a such thing as street cred in country music? Because that, that, that's got to give you that some actually, level I, of, like, hay bale cred. Yeah, I, I, I didn't really understand um, what something like that would do for a career, but I was on... You know, at that point, I think I only had a couple, three songs out, and I was on every every news show you could be on the, the next week, like uh, all the Hollywood shows, all the gossip shows. It was just one of those viral clips um, that took off, and it, I mean, it. Whoever threw it, thank you, because it helped me out a lot. There was a lady, <laughs> there was a lady recently that got hit with a cell phone. Cell phone. Yeah, I saw that. Buster that was tough. Yeah. Yeah. Do you like that side of it? Like you, you love, you seem like just hearing you talk. You love music. You love yeah. the art of music, but. Also, you have to sell yourself. You have to be sellable. You have to make money. Yeah. Do you like that side? I, I like the side of it a lot. I think, you know, um, now looking, I, I feel like we've got the music figured out, uh, you know, at this point in the game. It's, it's about longevity for me. Uh, you know, early on, I didn't want to be a flash in the pan. I wanted to be something that was around for a bit. And I think we've proven that. Um, you know, I think people expect a certain caliber of, of songs from us now, which is which is a challenge, and but good. I think it keeps us working hard. But the hustle of just getting better and continuing to get better, I still feel like every tour we put together, every show we put together, we can do a better job at, at certain things, at, at making someone um, want to come back and do it again. And right now I'm really focused on the culture around what is our show. I, I, I think the end goal, I said this out loud two days ago on the boat to one of my guys. I was like, the end goal... We may not ever sell the most tickets, but I want people to know when we come through town to get there early and stay late. I want it. I want the the day to be the show. I don't want the show to be the show. I want them to be a part of the day and, and making those days memorable because they're coming with friends. They're coming with with you know their significant others. And if we can make them have a memory of a day, if you can think back to concerts y'all have been to. And, and at least in, in my memory bank, some of my favorite days of my life have been concert days. And it's not just the show. You know, the show's great, but it's what happened around it. It's where you ate. It's where you drank. It's the pre-party. You know, it's, it's what happened after the show. And so just creating that culture around, um, you know, my music is, is what I'm really focused on now. Channing asked you about that side of it, right? And um, it made me think about what you said earlier. Much like us, people thought you were a billionaire back at home. Yeah. Right. And being so close to home, friends, family uh, and people coming along for the ride. Is it tough in, in country music? Like you look at other genres, you can look at, you know, athletics, professional mm -hmm. sports. They have entourages. Mm -hmm. Right. And um, you learn later in your career, not everybody can come along. Like if you had all your boys with you that night, I don't think you get those dances with Halle Berry. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like, is it a struggle in country music um, with, with entourages, much like it is with other genres of music? I think, sports? you know, what I, what I think a blessing is of social media right now, and this just happened recently, there's a trip we do annually out to a lake, we houseboat, and that's like the one spot where I feel like we can 
not worry about anything and just have fun, you know? And, and um, we, we got to this island, we, we set the boats out, we set up speakers. We can get out there and play cover songs. It doesn't matter how many beers we've had, just have some fun. And I think the, be- the beautiful thing of social media now is you can sniff out pretty quickly who the real ones are and who aren't, you know, and who's there to, to post about you and post about them being with you. And so I, I think my circle of friends <clears throat> that, I, that I keep, you know, it's, it's pretty tight circle, but we just do life, you know, and yeah, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll let people in on what we're doing, but I don't think it's in a, any sort of braggadocious way. You know, it's not like, look who I'm with and, and that's all good and fine. But I think that lets me know who's real and who's not, you know, and, and t- right now touring is, is tough because we've been doing it long enough where we have friends in a lot of the cities. And so, you know, they've been saving up all year. We do this three times a week. They do it once a year with us. So they've been saving up all year for us to come through. And it's like, we got a host and we do, we do a great job at it. But that's what the challenging part is now is picking those battles because they'll go as long as you want to go. But it's, 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 I think it's just communication and letting them know like, Hey, we got a, we got a big, big weekend of shows. Let's y'all, y'all can go for it, but I'm going to lay low. Um, but, but I love hosting, you know, and, and to answer your question, I think, yeah, it's there, but, but, um, it's easy to, to kind of sift through with who posts what. Right. Two things right there that jumped out touring. Uh, you're always on the road, always on the go. But you talk, you said sniff out. I read where you say you like the smell of skunk because it <laughs> yeah. reminds you of home, right? And you're always on the go, so you're, not, you're rarely home. But you like the smell of skunk. And when I read it, I'm like, he got to be talking about that other skunk, like <laughs> that cannabis, that good weed, but skunk, skunk. I do, yeah. Channing, this is where you should be chiming in. You guys. Skunk? I'm, I'm talking about that. Have, have you ever, smell, have you ever smelled boy, a boy. skunk? Nah, a lot I of people haven't. Yeah, I you haven't. can smell it. I mean, if you drive down the street and the skunk is dead, you can smell it. Like, yeah, like, it has, it has you know, what we see on TV in, or what we've heard, it's not an enjoyable smell. It's not a pleasant smell, I didn't smell, read right? this shit. This is crazy. <laughs> yeah, but that's, I thought it was like that skunk, that gas. If you guys, if you guys hang, if you guys hang out around here long enough, you'll be like, oh, that's why he likes it. It just reminds me of home. I guess we got a bunch of them here. I don't know. Right. It's a comforting smell um, for Dustin. It is. It makes sense, but not the nothing strong. Word. I don't want to get sprayed by one. Right. But driving down the road and smelling, I think you know, growing up here, there's not a whole lot to do, as you guys can see. So, our fun is is just literally driving into the back roads, and if we find a cool spot to park, try not to get kicked out of wherever we set up shop at and hang. You know. So that was. That was all the high school years of doing that. And as you're riding these back roads looking for somewhere to hang out, you come across that. So, yeah, I think, you know, as we're rolling down the road in a tour bus and you smell one, you go, oh, that takes me back to it. So what's the difference in the smell of skunk and the smell of the uh, environmental waste lab that you hate so much? Like, um, yeah, you mentioned the environmental waste lab. Street, that that right? was, oh, man. Um, you're talking about the job I had whenever I got the call that changed it for me. Right. I, being a, a biology chemistry nerd, I, I got a, a job at the environmental lab um, because it got to where I was cutting grass for a living. But when you're breathing that stuff in all day, and like out here today, I was having to cut from, you know, whatever time they let me start, usually 8 a.m. They don't want to, you don't start too early and piss everybody off. But start at 8 a.m. and cut grass all day long and then go try to sing four-hour set for $35. That's a tough day. <laughs> so I was like, man, I got to get some AC, you know. So I got this job at this environmental lab and Part of my job was testing sewage runoff and like really bad stuff, um, bad like runoff from chemical plants. And, and uh, there's this plant in East Tennessee that breaks down old warheads, military warheads. We were testing that soil. 
So um, they would send in samples. I'd have to open the sample up, scoop some out, weigh it out, and then test it. And uh, so, yeah, I was literally dealing with sewage a lot of my days. And uh, I, got the, I got a call from who became my first manager ever, standing in the walk-in freezer, grabbing some samples of, of sewage to, to come out. I got a call from him like, yeah, dude, I'll come meet with you. This is awesome. Um, so that was, that was, that was one, another one of those moments we talk about. Like, you remember like it was yesterday. I joke around a lot, as you see. So now when people see me in the airport, they just look at me and start smiling, and they want me to be funny. Like, say something funny, do something, go. Uh, yeah, yeah. Do you, because I'm about to ask you to do it, but do, do, just, do people expect you to entertain them as an entertainer? Because I'm about to ask you to sing right now, <laughs> here in a second. Do, do, I'm going to need two you, more of these. Do you, do, do you dislike that? Do, like, no, I, 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 think it's, I, I think it's flattering now. If, if I'm, uh, I like it to be at the right time. I don't, I don't want to be a puppet that, you know, if I'm walking, like you said, walking through an airport, seeing me a song, it's like, nah, that ain't happening. Um, um, but, but it's way too early for me to sing anyways. But. I would say, are you, now, now I got to test his, Come man, on. his manhood a little bit. Bring it. Are you good enough to, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> But can you, can you, like, could you really go right now or do you have to? I could go. What could you do? I sang, who was it? Jana Kramer. I sang Little Mermaid with her. Oh my God. If you give me a song, uh, I know friends in low places. Let, let him hear those vocals really. I gotta quick. go my, I don't know many country, my country roots. So. Blame it all on my roots. I showed up in boots. I ruined your black champagne. What was it? What? <laughs> hey. Get this man a karaoke screen. <laughs> I got friends in low places where the whiskey drives. You're about as good as I thought you'd be. <laughs> I ain't even sitting up, Dustin, on that crazy. <laughs> That's amazing, bro. You can really jump into that shit like that. I can jump in, yeah. I love it, though, man. It's, the man it's sang like, for $35. Yeah. Hell yeah, you can do oh, it. Oh, yeah. Can Four hours it? straight. Can, can you do it? Can, do you do it for the ladies? Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> it's a cheat code. It is, man. I, I will say, like, I, I, I loved football so much. My dad played, I don't know if you guys know this, my dad played two years at Florida. He walked on and played as a defensive back. Um, played 79 and 80, right, Mom? 78, 79. And so I loved football, and he loved me playing football, but I was just, I got my bell rung at eight years old by a bigger dude, and I was small. I was fast. I was like, I think this is it for me, man. <laughs> at eight, so, you retired? I retired at eight. <laughs> and uh, you know what's crazy? Coming from Tullahoma to here, you pass um, Lynchburg High School's football field, and that's where we played all our Pop Warner games. A lot of them, and it took me back. I was like, dude, you were, I just literally reminded myself, dude, you were eight. You know? <laughs> um, but I retired at eight. You get to high school. That's, that's a funny phrase. So, so, <laughs> retired so, so much of high school revolves around Friday night football here, man, in Tennessee. I don't know a lot of other places, but it's such like the town lives and breathes football, Friday night football here. And uh, not being able to be on that field was, is tough because you're not a part of the team and they know where the party is after the game, you know? <laughs> so I figured out very quickly playing guitar and singing, I would find out where the parties were after the games. And I would go, I would just bring a guitar and um, 
it's easy to captivate somebody when you're strumming a guitar in a house party in a living room. You know, somebody's going to pay attention to you. I think that's what became addicting about it. And yes, I was doing it for the ladies because the next week I had to have another song to play them because, you know, whatever John Mayer song I played last week was old news. You know? What's the most requested song for, you know, there's always that song when you're on stage that you know is the joint and you can fake like you're not going to play it and go to the back <laughs> and they'll be like, hey, Dustin, come on, play this. What is that one song for you that every time it, you, you tee it up, the crowd goes wild? I think everybody expects um, Small Town Boy from us. You know, if we don't play it, I think they know the show's not over. It was, it was, uh, I'd never, I'd never knew if we could beat that song. We did with Thinking About You as far as, uh, you know, a run commercially with it. That song set, um, it was the longest run in top 10 in Billboard chart history. Um, and that's one of those things you go, what? Um, you can't, can't really think it. So we finally got to move Small Town Boy from dead last to like middle of the, of the show this year. <laughs> right. Um, which, was, which was cool because just like anything, when you have to do something at the same time every time, uh, it gets old. And like we want, we want that song to be able to be moved around. So I'm glad we're at that point now. But, but that would be the song I think that people come to see that, that really relate to it. Um, and it was such a blessing. It took our, took our careers to, I say our, I always speak it as a team because we are, I mean, it took our careers to um, just a new level, you know, and I think it, it allowed us to have a song that will stand the test of time and, and allow us to tour, um, you know, for, for as long as we want to tour. We're at a point now, I think, that, that puts me in a, in a very comfortable spot to where I know with the, with the catalog of songs we have, um, we can tour as long as we want to, um, you know, in life. And that's important for me. We may have to, you know, we may fluctuate on how many people we can take out on the road, how big the tours are. Obviously, when that window closes, you have younger artists come in that um, will eat up more bandwidth and, and tickets. But uh, I think our fan base is strong enough to where we can do it as long as we want to. And, and I'll be able to keep, um, you know, my team employed and, and you know, that, that's a big deal to me. In, in that song, you actually start off kind of describing yourself or describing a young man that could be from Tullahoma, Tennessee. And you mentioned the first time you were like kind of side by side with Kenny Chesney. It was a big deal mm. for you. You know, Drake has a song, you know, your idols become your rivals. You yeah. say it's not that necessarily that level of competition, but from where you were then or getting that call as you're working, you know, your day job and scooping sewage to now being on tour and doing things with Kane Brown and having those sort of people be your contemporaries, man. When you look back on all that and the things that you have accomplished and what you still want to accomplish, how much pride do you have in the sacrifice and what it's brought you? So much, but I'm still learning so much. You know, I think the, uh, the past 10 years, 11 years of, of doing this, the transition of how music is made is completely changed. I mean, when I started, we didn't have no one, streaming wasn't a thing. Mm -hmm. and, and when I started, really collaborations weren't that big of a thing. When I started, we didn't know that a pandemic would hit and completely pull the plug on two years of touring and everything that we had built to really go out and, and try to capture that following year. I mean, it just gutted us. We released an album called Telehoma, January of 20, within uh, two months, we weren't able to go tour it. And, uh, and so I, I think my journey has been uh, pretty a pretty challenging 10 years. If you look at the past 30, 40 years of country music, you know, 
there's been a lot of changes. So I'm, I'm proud of me and my team for being, you know, able to, to take those on and, and stomach. I've learned a lot to literally have your job taken away from you and go, okay, are we ever going to get to do this again? Um, how do I keep my people whole? How do we keep them from, you know, having to go do stuff they don't want to do? How do I keep everybody, you know, able to, to you know, bridge the gap to, to the next chapter? was a challenge, but we figured it out. You know, I think it made us stronger. I think it also it, it made us appreciate a lot more what we have now and what we what we had before. You know, we don't take these shows for, for granted. I don't think we ever did, but, man, I, I think there's a, a little bit more of a joy, you know, on, on the road now. I can sense that, that people appreciate, you know, whenever we get to get out and, and get after it. How long does it take for any new woman that you're dating who's excited to date this country music superstar to figure out you're a mama's boy? <laughs> it, um, I would say, I would say not long. You know, I would say not long. If, if anything, you know, ever gets past, uh, you know, fun and, and, and gets into like, hey, are we gonna, you know, travel and do this, right? Or, or go, you know, I don't know, be consistent. Um, it seems like my mom and dad are so close and they come out to a lot of events. It seems like they cross paths pretty quick. So, um, <laughs> no, I, I don't think it takes long. I think, I think I, I definitely am a mama's boy and I've, I, uh, I proudly say that as she sits right there smiling. Do, do, do you have to let her know, like you just said, I, I, you, you're a wordsmith when it goes past just fun. But do you have to like let her know? Yeah, mom, don't don't, don't, don't worry get, about this. Don't one. get too close to Erica. I, I, <laughs> I was nervous. At, we were on the road with with Luke Bryan for two years, and it was a great tour because Luke would do. He would. He was doing so many tickets at the time. He was doing two nights in a lot of cities. So when you do two nights in a lot of cities, you don't have any responsibility. You just literally walk off the stage and it's hang out, wake up there again. It's you know most tour stops were tearing the stage down. Mm. The bus rolls pretty quick. There's no time to really hang. On this tour, we were hanging. And Luke is such a, he's such a great host. He would, he would pop up a tent, he'd book DJs, and then he would hand out, not Luke himself, but the tour would hand out 50 or 60 passes to all the openers and go, go grab the hottest girls you can grab because we want to have some fun tonight for all the single people on tour. We're here. Um, and so that was the, that was the hang and, and mom was coming out to shows and I, I think we were in uh, Fort Lauderdale and another gin. I had a gin there. And, uh, and y'all make me sound like, y'all make me sound worse than this is. Boy, you hell on gin, boy. <laughs> but I think, it, it, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, I think mom says, well, he's, you know, she was talking to somebody and, and mom's like, well, he's, you know, he's got girlfriends in a lot of cities or something. And I was oh. like, well, all right. <laughs> This you know, is who mom thinks I am. There, there's the program. Luke's a, he's a Georgia fan, now a Philly fan. How's it with you guys? One Gator and one, one, one Bulldog. It was tough. Luke's very invested in Georgia. Yeah. We'll just put it that way. Okay. He's, he's, one of the, he's one of the boosters, I think. Okay. So he's very invested in who, yeah, who goes and plays. And he is not scared to be proud of how good they are right now. Yeah. I will tell you that. It, it's fun to watch a ball game with him because he's so passionate. Right. about the Bulldogs, and he, he will have a bad show mm -hmm. if they play a bad game. I'll have a bad show. I was watching the loss, the comeback from, from behind the other night at yeah. LSU. I was like, boys, I think I've turned this off. I'm going to have a bad show. Like, I have just butterflies. It's, really? it's amazing how much pride we have in our teams, right? And uh, so, so during football season, I will not let myself watch a Florida Gators football game if it's close to showtime. And Luke, <laughs> Luke's the same way. Wow. He'll, he would rather – he records it, mm -hmm. and then – 
nobody talks about any of it until the show's over and then he gets back on the bus and That's watches. That's intense. Because you have, to, you have to go out there in a good headspace. I mean, we are literally party coaches. We are coaching people through a night of partying. And we have to be tip-top, you know, ready to, ready to get them there. And if, if your team loses, you take the stage bummed out. It's not a good, not a good show. Right. So we, we can do uh, a lot of research, right? And you read a million things. You got to fact check it and this and that. But it's always great to hear from the horse's mouth. Um, and your journey, just a beautiful, you know, up and down journey. You go from golf scholarship mm -hmm. to biology major, pre-med, to working in a shit factory. <laughs> um, Spot on. To pay $35 an hour. You know, all this beautiful stuff being hit. You know, hanging out with the Happy Dad guys, Dana White, yep. the pivot crew right here. Yep. And, um, you know, your, your biggest pivot, man. What's your biggest pivot in life? Like, probably the what if. What if we don't try this? You know, and I, I think anybody watching, if you have a what if um, and you think you could have fun chasing it, whatever that is, uh, if it's moved to Bali for a year to see what happens, if that's your what if, go do that. Um, I have a friend that did that says it was her, her best years of her life. For me, it was, what if I don't chase this dream? What if I'm a doctor in, in 20 years from now and I'm, I'm still asking myself, man, could I have done that? And, and, and just listening to, to what that, that voice was and, and going, you know what, screw it. Um, let's go see what the what if is first. And uh, so that's, that's probably my, my main thing. And, and that, was, that was the moment of, of going, Am I going to try music? Am I, am I going to have this conversation with myself and my parents face-to-face um, -face of, hey, guys, I'm not going to med school. I'm doing music full-time. Um, I'm glad the answer was yes. Man, I, this, was, this was amazing, you know, for, for us to get opportunities to tap into different genres, different walks of life, different journeys. That's what the show is about. But it's also cool to show that, Three former football players who are also African-American can sit down with a huge country star, have things in common, understand the same type of walks and paths that get you to moments of success. I think your story is inspirational, man. We just want to keep seeing you do it. And you know, you got street cred for me. You got punched by a baseball player and you finished the show after getting hit with a beer bottle. Come on. Hey, man, you tough as hell. Well, thank you guys for having me on. It's an honor to be on here. I love what y'all are doing. Same for us. I, I would say, like, I just learned so much from y'all's conversations with, with other people. It, it's just awesome how much info you pick up, you know, just from hanging out um, and, and just guys hanging. It's, it's really cool. So keep up the good work. My man, thank you, brother. Yeah. Sir. That was dope, man. Yeah. Thank y'all. Chan, you, you let him down, Chan. I'm going to dab him off first. You let him down. You're nah. supposed to know the words. You gave him say, a black, song. He said you something about words champagne, black champagne. Did, black champagne. Did, champagne. Did, what is that? Did, what is that? Did, they have black champagne in that song? I, I think, think you think better so. make some and market it on this show. Hold up. Let me let you get some caffeine in it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up. No one me, I got the key. On the vision, I can trust. Trust. Limitless. Take a stomach cap in it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up.